Welcome to BrainStuff, a production of iHeartRadio. Hey, BrainStuff, Lauren Vogelbaum here. For the first time since 2011, NASA astronauts will once again return to space from U.S. soil. Veteran astronauts Robert Behnken and Douglas Hurley will rendezvous with the International Space Station after they lift off on May 27, 2020 from the Kennedy Space Center in Merritt Island, Florida. To get there, they'll ride a Crew Dragon spacecraft propelled into orbit by a Falcon 9 rocket, both designed and manufactured by SpaceX, the organization founded in 2002 by entrepreneur Elon Musk. If all goes well, this mission will make SpaceX the first private company to put astronauts into space. News of the flight was broken in April by NASA Administrator Jim Bridenstine. During a series of virtual press conferences held on Friday, May 1st, Bridenstine and other key figures representing both NASA and SpaceX spoke about the Crew Dragon's unprecedented task. Bridenstine told the media, This is a high-priority mission for the United States of America. We as a nation have not had our own access to the International Space Station for nine years. At the same time, we've had American astronauts on the International Space Station for 20 years in a row. The International Space Station, stretching 357 feet long, about 109 meters, is the largest man-made object in Earth's orbit. Crews stationed at the vessel perform a wide range of experiments in low gravity. The ISS owes a great deal to NASA's defunct space shuttle program. Greenlit by then-President Richard M. Nixon in 1972, this initiative gave the world its first reusable spacecraft. From 1981 to 2011, NASA sent astronauts into orbit on American-made shuttles. These were often used to transport portions of the ISS during its construction. On July 21, 2011, the space shuttle era came to an end as the Atlantis orbiter returned from its final mission. With the program discontinued, ISS-bound astronauts grew dependent on Russian Soyuz rockets. Then the law of supply and demand took over. For nearly a decade, no other rockets were capable of sending people to the ISS. All astronauts bound for that station had to be launched out of Kazakhstan's Baikonur Cosmodrome, which is a spaceport leased to the Russian government. And by April of 2020, the Russians were charging $86 million to include foreign astronauts in their Soyuz missions. Another Soyuz rocket launch is scheduled for October, and Bridenstine says NASA is currently in negotiations to book a seat. Nevertheless, it's hoped that the SpaceX Crew Dragon will end this spaceflight monopoly. Bridenstine explained, We want the Russian-American relationship in space exploration to remain strong. We see a day when Russian cosmonauts can launch on American rockets and American astronauts can launch on Russian rockets. By now, SpaceX and the International Space Station have a fair bit of history. Using unmanned crafts, the company has delivered supplies to the orbiting laboratory since 2012. The Crew Dragon aced a dress rehearsal in March of 2019 when it left Merritt Island on the nose of a SpaceX Falcon 9 rocket and autonomously docked with the International Space Station. Five days after its departure, the Crew Dragon returned to Earth, splashing down in the Atlantic Ocean some 143 miles, or 230 kilometers, off Florida's eastern coastline. But that trip's only passengers were an Earth-shaped plush toy and a dummy named Ripley, named after Sigourney Weaver's character Ellen Ripley from the Alien movie franchise. The flight later this month will be the first time that live astronauts will be on board. SpaceX crew mission director Benjamin Reed said at the May 1st conference, Dragon will be fully autonomous. 
the expectation is that it can carry the crew safely to the station and bring them home without direct intervention. Even so, Hurley and Bankin are set to take control for a short period before the Crew Dragon docks. They'll be able to guide the vessel using touchscreens or physical switches, both options are available, for certain portions of the journey. While aboard, the crew's expected to test out such components as the maneuvering thrusters and environmental control system. And then there's the spacesuits, one-piece outfits designed by SpaceX to supply the astronauts with oxygen, provide the appropriate temperature, and maintain pressure. The spacesuits plug into the Crew Dragon's chairs when their wearers sit down. Reed said, the suits also have an integrated communication system so that the crew can communicate through their helmets. Neither Bankin nor Hurley are strangers to low Earth orbit. Bankin's logged more than 708 hours in space, and Hurley was a member of NASA's last shuttle-era crew back in 2011. But every mission presents its own unique challenges. Like the rest of the world, NASA, SpaceX, and these two astronauts have had to make adjustments during the coronavirus outbreak, taking extra precautions. So what does that mean? Both SpaceX and NASA have implemented social distancing protocols, like keeping work desks six feet or two meters apart at their respective control rooms. Meanwhile, the crew's getting a wide berth. Contact with them by any other team members has been minimized, and many training sessions have been done virtually. And for the safety of the ISS crew, the astronauts will observe a pre-flight quarantine from May 16th until the launch on May 27th. Right now, there are three spacefarers, two Americans and a Russian, living and working aboard the International Space Station. The length of Binkins and Harley's stay at the facility will be determined at a later date. It could last anywhere from 5 to 30 days. When the time to head home arrives, the Crew Dragon should undock autonomously and deliver its human charges to Florida by way of the Atlantic. There's a long, proud tradition of civilians gathering near the Kennedy Space Center to witness rocket launches. Unfortunately, NASA is discouraging people from following suit this time, lest they spread or contract COVID-19. But you can tune in and watch the launch online. For just the fifth time in history, NASA astronauts will be test-flying a new type of spacecraft. Should Bankin and Hurley complete their mission objectives, we may yet see a golden age of space tourism and innovation, with private industry taking on development roles long adopted by governments. Bridenstine said, This really is the next major step in commercializing low Earth orbit and having a really vital low Earth orbit economy in which NASA is one of many customers. Today's episode was written by Mark Mancini and produced by Tyler Klang. For more on this and lots of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. BrainStuff is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Hold up. 